and welcome to the Drama Club on this week's episode. Prince William's behavior might not be very charming, allegedly. And then I've got the insane story of Anne Heche. And later, Steph tells us all about Courtney Stodden and her marriage to Doug Hutchison. Stay tuned. What up, fam? What up, fam? Feels good, right? Woo, right? <laughs> yeah, I know it, dude. I know yeah. it, dude. And without further ado, without further, without further, uh, uh, we broadcast live from CA to NY. So something amazing happened to us today. Oh, yeah. Like the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me in my life. <laughs> our, our friend and listener, Jose, a.k.a. Jazz, sent us a By present. By the way, Jose has this exact same name as, as one of my cousins. cousin. Yeah. That's how you know you're a real one, Jose. <laughs> you could just swoop right into my family. And uh, so he sent us a present a while ago, but, you know, I was on vacation. Scheduling conflicts. So today was like the day that we were together and we finally opened it. We opened that shit. It's amazing. It's Jenny Rivera's tequila, tequila. you guys. It's incredible. We we posted a picture by now. You would have seen it. But it's... uh, (laughs) It's called. It's the good one too. It's the yeah, reposado. Yeah, it's the re- reposado, and it says Jenny Rivera. Simplemente la mejor. It's amazing. Yeah. Ooh, did you I post did. it on our story? No, not oh, yet. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jazz, so Thank much. You Thank so you so much. We love you. It's the sweetest thing. Yeah. Are we? Do we go together now, Jazz? I think so. <laughs> I think I think y'all are married. <laughs> We're common law married. Yeah, I think so. I think that's how it happens. What up, guys? Welcome to the Drama Club. Yeah, what up? The club is now in session. <laughs> um, I, I actually took a note because I wanted to talk to you. Oh, yeah? Because okay. I watched fucking Crazy Rich Asians, finally. Oh, really? I didn't watch it yet. And as you know, I am a romantic yeah. comedy stan. Yeah, yeah. And I was so disappointed. Oh, really? Was it just the hype? Do you yeah. think if you would have seen it without the hype? Yeah, it was cute. It Without the hype, I wouldn't have loved it still there, oh, really? i still think like sweet home alabama is better and like 50 first dates and shit Did, let me ask you a question do you fucks with when harry met sally oh yeah okay. i love that one because i think that might be one of my ultimate oh well likes that one too yeah and he don't like romantic comedies when i made him watch that one he was like why didn't you why didn't we watch this before <laughs> and i'm like man because you never want to watch him no but yeah it was whatever i was like what i kept waiting for like a super flex like i was like where's the fucking sick car or like something like i didn't think it was rich enough oh okay to be honest yeah yeah that's that's privilege right there you know (laughs) (laughs) so Um, that's that's my hot take on crazy rich asians i uh my cousin charlie sent it to me on dvd but i haven't watched it yet of course he did but uh (laughs) Should I, so do you think should I watch? I keep thinking like should, oh no, watch I gotta it. watch it, gotta watch it. Yeah, watch it. It's cute. It's like the love story is perfectly acceptable and cute. Perfectly acceptable. But like I didn't think it was crazy or rich. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I watched? What? Black Klansman. Oh, N- how'd you like not that? Not black or clan enough. Really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. I don't like necessarily. I, Spike Lee has made movies that I enjoy, but I'm, I don't necessarily like Stan. You know, Spike, Spike Lee. Lee joint Stan. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And also Adam Driver. I'm sort of on the fence about. Me too. Like sometimes he's fine. So, though. Sometimes he's so fine. Other times I look at him and I'm like, right, what? Right, 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 exactly. Yeah. Like, what do I see in him? I know. Yeah, I know. It's weird. Yeah. He's, he's, he makes me feel weird. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, for sure. That's it. Did you watch it? Because it's on HBO for this one. Yeah. Okay, that's the difference between me and you. Is I, what? I was like, oh shit, Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta watch this. <laughs> and um, I saw Black Klansman, and I was like, y'all yeah, get to you. <laughs> first things first. First things first. <laughs> but I like. I thought it was cool. I think you should watch it. Okay, I totally will. I want to. I I really yeah. didn't, like put it on my to do list. <laughs> but I did want to watch. Um, what's it called first? Um. Katherine Schwarzenegger had her intimate bridal shower with Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> wow. Do not do not invite. Actually, yeah. I, I was going to say, don't invite Oprah to your bridal shower. But I, just because I was thinking it was her, her bachelorette party. Oh, no. But actually, party, no. yes. Invite Oprah to your bridal shower. She, imagine she brings you like everything on her Oprah's favorites yes. list. Yes. That'd be perfect. You get a car and a, what? A and book? A snuggie <laughs> shit. Like, all this stuff that you didn't know you needed, but once you have it, you're yeah. like, how have I lived my whole life without this, like, you know, lemonwood-scented candle? My thing like that that I think is, like, something that everyone could... It's not, like, super expensive, but it is a luxury that I think everyone should get because it, it improves your life so much. Mm-hmm. My towel warmer. A vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> a vibrator and a, a towel, towel warmer. warmer. Yeah, that yeah. sounds... Um, yeah. So my mom got me a towel warmer. Yeah. And when she first got it from me, I was like, this is fucking stupid. Like, yeah. it takes up... It does, not a whole lot of room, but, like, it does take up room. And I'm like, I'm never going to use this. But low key... It's amazing. When you get out of the shower and you have a warm towel... And also, I put my pajamas and my underwears in there, my chonies in there. Oh, damn, So, like, when I get man. out of the shower... Ooh, I didn't know you grew up in the ooh. Four Seasons Hotel. <laughs> this is some next level shit. You fucking princess. <laughs> and I got my Blanc de Blancs. <laughs> <laughs> my fucking strawberry vinegar juice is chilled and i'm ready for the night so i highly recommend it's like a small luxury that i think people can definitely get and we should do a giveaway life. of what a towel warmer yeah, it should be like small luxuries small luxuries yeah. Ooh, like our like drama club's favorite things yeah like we oprah and shit We're we should there. do that shit some It'll hoops be, from the swap meet yes yes <laughs> a towel warmer some nail polish some fucking what's the eyeliner i use that shit's cheap but effective oh the girl. revlon the yeah revlon one. yeah that yeah. one's fucking good anyway. some coffee <laughs> <laughs> actually this is a really good idea yeah it's okay good. we're doing this yeah stay well, tuned guys yeah Oh, yeah, my baby nephew got something similar to a towel warmer. They got, like, uh, those wipey warmers for their little butts oh, and yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you are similar to an infant. To an infant? <laughs> I show is. That's the kind of luxury you should be, though. I know. People, like, feed you and wipe your ass and yeah, shit. Yeah, and you just, like, cry and shit all oh, day. God. <laughs> oh, man. I cried. I, As you guys know, I cried during the Princess Diana episode. <laughs> fucking Chiona. I, <laughs> I was dying when I re-listened to it because... I told her, well, May has told me some awful news before and never cried like this. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah. Out. But like when you told us, yeah, you did not sure. cry like that. Because <laughs> this is like, I felt it. I was like, I started thinking about like, I started thinking about like the poor kids because like, oh my God. Yeah, they're so little and stuff, huh? Yeah. But then, okay, so then I cried when I was editing it, and I, I heard it. I cried looking for pictures of her, because oh, there's a lot of gifts of um, Prince William and Harry talking about her, Yeah, and it's just heartbreaking. I know. Yeah. It's awful. Oh, actually, that's, um, do you have anything else? Because that's a good segue to what I think is our hot topic. Prince William? Yeah. Sure, other folks think they know what it's all about. Millions of other folks. 
When do two people ever really love each other as we do? When were two people ever so sure they were just born to live with each other? All right, guys. Um, welcome to the Drum Club. My name is Meg. And my name is Stephanie. The club is now in session. Ooh, we should do that every episode. I like ooh, that. Ooh. Should it be like a like a bell, like a school bell? Welcome to <laughs> what was uh, their stupid um, their stupid fucking business in Parks and Rec? Oh, Entertainment Seven Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, That's where me and me are recording right now. <laughs> so this is the podcast in which we discuss scandals, celebrities, reality TV stars, TV gossip, movies, tequila, any kind of gossip, really. Yeah. Welcome. Presents. If this shit is not for you, then stop listening. Yes. <laughs> and don't leave a one star review. That is rude as fuck. Or a four star review. Yes. Please. That's also rude because as Stephanie well. is equally offended by both. Yes. <laughs> All right. So. We had a hot topic this week. This is funny because Steph and I had privately discussed this maybe like a month ago. Yeah. And Anti Lawyer has been t- saying something oh, similar. Yeah? yeah. So the tea is that Prince William is cheating on Kate. Duchess Kate. Duchess Kate Middleton. What do you think about that, Steph? Um, I'll let you talk because I think I have an entirely different okay. opinion. Than because you. when I first brought it up to Steph a while ago, I feel like she wasn't buying it. I'm still not buying it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And the British press is still not buying it. Well, the British press is trying to, like, keep that shit quiet. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. And I think that that's part of the scandal here. That's part of the tea that the the people are upset. Americans mostly are upset. Americans are hella they're, riled up about this. They're in but their that's feelings. part of how I feel about it. Well, yeah. say what happened, though, like, allegedly. Okay. So, allegedly, Prince William is cheating on uh, Duchess Kate with, like, their best friend sort of like they they have a couple friend rose and her husband yeah and she's a former model and i don't know what he does yeah but they're like you know they're like they're hella good friends right the four of them and so he has apparently been been seeing rose for a minute and that i guess has caused a rift between him and harry and that's why harry is kind of like that's why Harry doesn't really fuck with him because he's like, oh, look, like what happened to our mother? And you're out in these streets like doing this shit. This is so crazy rumor, man. Yeah. And there's nothing. That's what the that's what I saw the British press saying. Like, these are literally just rumors. There's like literally nothing to substantiate this. And but people have been whispering about this for a long time. Right. Like ru- like a rumor. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. It's true. But the Americans are saying like it's fucking bullshit that the British press is trying to cover this up by because Prince William ordered them to like start talking shit about Meghan Markle. Right. Which, is that confirmed? That's not confirmed, but that's I think that's what people are latching onto. Like how dare you kind of like throw her under the bus to hide like your bullshit right so i don't believe any of this i think it's crazy like the american press hella stands megan markle obviously because megan's an american Mm -hmm. and for me i think it's crazy to think that prince harry who has forever been a fucking playboy and not monogamous and Mm -hmm, shit mm -hmm. like suddenly he's this pillar of monogamy and like pointing the finger at william who has always been with kate and shit that's so Mm -hmm. weird to me but I think, like, once you're married, though, it's different. But know? he's not even somebody that I would ever even anticipate being married. 
because oh. he was never about that life yeah and now suddenly he is and people are like oh right prince right. harry like oh like he's the good one yeah and, that, and that's just because american press loves megan i think yeah and so they're trying anything to defend megan and megan has had bad rumors about her from the beginning yeah and so like people try to like you know belittle that shit to make her look better which i mean i don't think there's anything wrong with megan like she's perfectly acceptable mm-hmm. but then I, I just I just think the whole thing sounds so, like, made up and crazy okay, to me. Okay, well, how do you explain the rift between the brothers? What is that? I think it's Megan, because Kate doesn't like Megan. But see, that's rumor also. No, it's not. They, they confirmed that Kate left, like, the, the bridesmaid fitting things crying and shit because of the way Megan was acting. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah, that she was, like, all upset and crying because mm-hmm. of the way that she was talking to her and the way that she was talking to her. Because remember, their kids were in the wedding party? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's so weird to me. And then the thing with Rose sounds fucked up to me. I saw that they, they got lawyers, and they got lawyers for Rose mm-hmm. because Rose's grandmother is the same age as the queen, and they're really good friends. Oh, so that's yeah. how, like, Prince William has known her i guess since he was younger so i don't know the whole thing is it's like fucking crazy to me i'm like wow so you think from the very very beginning no truth to it no i don't like there's nothing to confirm it it's literally just rumors and whispers i mean there's nothing nothing to confirm it after okay after all the research i did for diana though like a lot of these like oh palace sources are saying this palace sources are saying that a lot of the time that shit ends up being true though yeah so like now i'm even more apt to sort of believe it Uh uh-huh is it palace sources saying that yeah that's crazy yeah i don't know it's just crazy to me like william has always been with kate like they've been together forever and harry who's been fucking around forever all of a sudden he's the one that he's like oh you're like my dad motherfucker you're like his dad you're like your dad Mm -hmm. I don't know. The The whole thing seems weird. But the royal family altogether is shady as fuck. It's like that. I saw that tweet going viral. That's like, you guys live off of these people's taxes. Yeah. Like all of your shit should be out there. Really? Mm-hmm. It's like the way we feel about Trump. Like he should bring his taxes out or whatever the right. fuck. Yeah. You know, like yeah. they really shouldn't be. I mean, un- or don't exist. Like literally yeah. don't exist anymore. You serve no purpose. Yeah. If they I get it. If they finance your whole lifestyle, then guess what? like they're entitled they have, to yeah. know all of it right yeah and then you can't be mad about that how dare you really that's why there's so many people in britain that like really don't they really hate them yeah but so many of them really love, love them. them and they make so much money allegedly mm-hmm. for like Tourism the country and, and stuff shit, yeah. right yeah so that's cool too i don't know i don't know what the hell is happening maybe that shit is true and that would be fucking crazy but i still don't i don't think that prince william would leave kate well, who says leave Kate though? You know, you know how they are. Like, well, he'll, he'll, if if it's true, he'll cheat on her and cheat on her and cheat on her, and they're, they'll stay married. And but maybe that's okay for their marriage. Yeah, maybe she's okay with that. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. And if you don't think Harry's about to cheat on Megan in like half a second, y'all are tripping. Hmm. Yeah, maybe the party prince. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I heard they want to like move to Africa or some shit. I saw that they were saying that, which is. I don't know. I mean, I think Africa is a commonwealth, right? Or part of the commonwealth? Not the whole continent. Where they were trying to go? <laughs> all of it. <laughs> yeah, we own all of this shit. <laughs> so what is that line from The Lion King? Like, 
our kingdom. Everything the light touches. Uh, everything the light touches. Our kingdom. The sun never sets on uh, Great Britain, right? Is that what it yeah. used to say? Yeah. That's fucked up. That's some <laughs> colony shit. But colonizers, but yeah. I don't know. We'll keep an eye on the story, guys. <laughs> I like the memes of uh, Prince William and Jay-Z. Or like, how dare oh, y'all yeah. cheat on Beyonce and Kate Middleton? That's true. Looking the way that you do. <laughs> <laughs> Just true. I saw somebody put together a little like Vine. Not Vine. Vine's not a thing anymore. R.I.P. R.I.P. But like a little clip of like Prince William. Like when he's young, looking fine. Yeah, and then, he looks like, so fine. So then it was like, fine, fine, fine. Wah, wah, wah. Like. <laughs> it's a steep decline it's for that people. I feel bad for him. Prince Actually, no, I don't feel bad for that. Yeah, fuck that fool. He's fine. Not anymore. No, I mean, he's oh, fine. Yeah, I mean, he's fine. <laughs> oh, he good. Yeah, he good. He'll be good forever. Also, like, I like Kate, I guess. I'm, I mean, she's fine. But, like, uh, is she, like, a bad bitch like that? You know what I mean? Like, the, the, the Jay-Z, Beyonce comparison? Oh. <laughs> Hell no, I don't think so. Like, she cool. She got a great head of hair. I'll give her that much. Yeah, she's stylish. And she's, like, she's... She's like exactly what they want for that role. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Megan is like, she's just still new. Like she'll, I feel like they'll, that's the thing too, is people are like, oh, they're not fucking throwing Megan. They don't have Megan do as many things as mm-hmm. Kate. But when Kate first got engaged, she didn't do that much shit either. Like mm-hmm. they barely had her talk and like, you know, she was still learning yeah. by the time she had their first baby. They had already been to get married for like years. Mm-hmm. So I think Megan will also, they're going to fucking hella like exploit her. They they know yeah. that Americans love her and shit, you know? Yeah. It's just a matter of time. But they are like weird about her though. Like, did you see that everybody's posting that one article that they did of her over there? I think it was like in the sun where it was like the headline was Megan closes her car door. <laughs> <laughs> like, How dare Like, she? that's really shitty. Like the, the sort of thing, but they did, they they did criticize Kate, especially when she was pregnant, like yeah. when she was wearing and like what kind of shoes she was wearing and whatever. So they they did it to both of them, but like it is kind of ridiculous with Megan. Yeah. But like you said, there have been whispers about Megan being kind of bratty in the background. Yeah. And being a yacht girl, which they don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I like what you had said to me. You don't meet a fucking prince playing like a side part on suits. Yeah. <laughs> You, cut it. you know she met that fool on a yacht. Yeah. That shit only happens on the seven seas. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> oh, I saw these pictures of Idris Elba got married. Oh. And he looks fucking good. And his wife looks fucking good. You know what I think about him. I so. know. But look at her. Oh. She's like oh, I really, glowing. I really like uh, yeah. that. Yeah. That's classy. They're a bomb couple. She's not like, I don't know. Yeah, they are. They look good together. Look yeah. at her hair. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hair goals. And you'll do this, and I'll do that. And we'll never want it to be any other way again, ever, for the rest of our lives. I actually don't know what you're doing. Okay. I'm going to go first, I guess. <laughs> That's the order. <laughs> okay, so finally, I'm doing it. Uh-oh. The very, very first scandal that came to my mind when we decided to do this podcast, Anne Heche. Oh my God! Is this a mini one, me? Yeah, it's like I guess who the fuck is Anne Heche? It's right? slightly long for a 
for a, a twofer and slightly short for a. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, and Hage. When we were putting together our list of scandals, I wrote it right. Mm-hmm. I wrote mm-hmm. Anne Hage. Yeah. And then the scandal, and we were both working on the same Google Doc, and I just saw me enlarge and enlarge, and like you made it like <laughs> I made it take up the whole page. Yeah, it was so funny. I was dying. I was like, oh shit! And you put something like, I've been waiting my whole life to talk about this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the reason it took me so long to actually do this one is because her story is actually really fucked up. Yeah. And yes, there's parts that are objectively funny. But Anne herself is not a joke. And every time I entertained the idea of starting this one, I chickened out because I thought it was too hard to talk about this with the right tone. But now I think we've been doing this long enough that you guys know that we're not assholes and that sometimes I'm an asshole. (laughs) She is kind of (laughs) asshole sometimes, just saying. (laughs) And that sometimes we can all find things to laugh about, even in a tragic story, because that's human. And I think that's okay. I, I was yesterday I was with Hawal and I was like I fucking hate May man I fucking hate May <laughs> and he was like why what happened you guys got into a fight and I was like what no I was talking about the month <laughs> and I was like what are you talking about he was like May your friend on what planet would he think that we would have ever gotten into yeah, a he, fight he was so confused he was like damn <laughs> <laughs> and, I was and then he was like wait why do you hate May it's too much shit anyways Cinco de Mayo, though. <laughs> oh. Ooh, Jenny Rivera. Ooh. One time we'll tell you guys a story of a Cinco de Mayo where we took five shots in two hours and then passed out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just told you the story. Well, there it, it is. There it is. Uh, what was I going to tell you? Oh, also, this is our 100th episode. Oh, my God. Yeah, so congrats. Oh, so now we definitely have to take a shot. Oh, we will. Okay. So, uh, by the way, Steph is not an asshole. I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she's scared we're really gonna fight <laughs> i just had to apologize because she can definitely kick the shit out of me <laughs> i don't know you're tall bitch <laughs> i could i could kick, kick? <laughs> judy garland judy Gar- <laughs> i could kick <laughs> oh my god the coffee is getting to us all right we're drinking shit coffee by the way okay so most of this is from a blog i found called la Beau's la blog <laughs> and a post called what the hell happened to Anne hache Ooh. anyway Anne celeste hache for those of our listeners who weren't aware of how educated and cultured we are at the drama club by emphasizing her middle name celeste i'm employing the literary device of foreshadowing Ooh. Anyway, Anne Celeste Hayes was born on May 25th, 1969 in Aurora, Ohio. Aurora. <laughs> I like that name, Aurora. Too. I okay. like the name Celeste, Loki. Me too. I like the name Celestia, actually. I'll talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> so she was born in Aurora, Ohio to Nancy and Donald Hayes. Nancy and Donald will be key characters in Anne's story. And Anne is the youngest of five children born to the couple. Big families always trip me out because I'm an only child so like seriously when i hear five children like that shit might as well be 19 like you might as well yeah, be the duggers for in sure my eyes. and that is like that <laughs> you think so? yeah yeah for sure throughout Anne's childhood the family moved 11 times oh god including a stint in an amish community what oh her parents oh no yeah i always wondered this about the amish do you think as society continues to advance and technology advances, you think like in a hundred or two hundred years, like 
when we are using teleportation devices and like holograms, do you think that they'll be driving like Kia Sorentos and be on MySpace and shit? I don't know. I like I, I always think about that. I always think about that also with like those tribes that have never been contacted. Like are yeah. they gonna continue to sort of inch forward? I don't know. I hope not. Cause then what's the point? Just join us. <laughs> If you ain't going to be fucking making your own bread and true, making though. your teeth out of wood, then <laughs> might as well fucking watch Netflix, my dude. <laughs> I would love, by the way, I would love to go visit like an Amish community. Oh, hell no. No? No. I would love to. No, our skin is too dark. Oh, that's true though. <laughs> Which? <laughs> Can this bitch swim? <laughs> okay, so Donald claimed to support his family in a number of ways sometimes he claimed that he was a choir director but most of the time if you asked him he'd say that he was in oil and gas but Anne says that if he was a choir director he didn't make much much money at it and he was certainly never in the oil and gas business by the time Anne was 12 the family had lost their home and all seven of them were living in a single room offered to them by a family from their church but Anne was able to get a $100 a week job doing dinner theater and essentially became the, me- the main breadwinner for her family because no one else was bringing in, bringing in more cash than her. The next year, on March 3rd, 1983, a bombshell rocked her family when Donald, our choir director slash oil and gas man, died at 45 years old of AIDS. What? What year was this? I'm sorry. 1983. Oh, shit. Yep, so she's like 13. And her mom didn't know. Of like the AIDS thing? Yeah? No, she didn't know. Did he know? He, she says that, okay, hold on. She says, on Larry King Live, Anne said, quote, he was in complete denial until the day he died. We know he got it from his gay relationships. Absolutely. I don't think it was just one. He was a very promiscuous man and we knew his lifestyle then. Oh, okay. So she says that he was actually in denial that he actually had AIDS up until about a month before he died. Okay. But he knew he had it. He like, he fucking knew he had it. And he was having... Gay sex. Yeah. He was gay. Oh, he was gay? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, uh, the whole family says gay, not bisexual, gay. Oh, okay. That's awful for her mom. Right. So that is obviously super messy and horrible and tragic, but wait, there's more. Oh, no. How? Anne claims that her father raped her repeatedly <gasps> from the time she was an infant to the time that she was 12, so shortly before his death. Oh my God, May. In an interview with The Advocate, the interviewer asked Anne why she thinks that a gay man would rape a little girl. What? Anne replied, quote, I don't think he was just a gay man. I think he was a sexual deviant. My belief was that my father was gay and that he had to cover that up. I think he was sexually abusive. The more he couldn't be who he was, the more that came out of him in ways that it did. Uh, but wait, there's more. No, wait, I'm not done digesting that. <laughs> Anne says that because of her father raping her, she contracted genital herpes as an infant. What? But wait, is Anne crazy? Like, Anne's crazy. But is this true? Yeah. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. God damn it. (laughs) This is so infuriating. She also says that her mother, Nancy, not only knew about it, but refused to acknowledge it or take her to a doctor. Anne wrote about all this in her memoir called Call Me Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) 
I just great. did. That's a great title, though. <laughs> that is good. I gotta yeah. give it to her. Yeah, good for you, girl. After the book came out in 2001, Nancy, who's a piece of work, and we'll have more on her, but Nancy denied Anne's claims and put out this statement, quote, I'm trying to find a place for myself in this writing, a place where I, as Anne's mother, do not feel violated or scandalized. I find no place among the lies and blasphemies in the pages of this book. So I think that a lot of um, wives of husbands who go on to right. abuse their children mm-hmm. always do that. Like they take they plead in, the fifth. They're like yeah, ignorance. And, yeah. They're in a personal denial. Right. Right. And that's a that's its own sickness. Yeah, honestly, of course it is. But because but, how can you live with yourself? Sort of, you know, you have to sort of say. But as a parent, don't you have to like protect your child? Yeah. Or yeah, just like, don't you have to like put yourself through like the acknowledgement of like, mm-hmm. okay, I allowed this to happen right. to help your child. You know what I mean? I like, mean, you should. You but let yourself suffer to help your baby. Yeah. Like, that's your baby. You would think. But. Yeah. That's fucking crazy, May. That's disgusting what the interviewer said. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, why would a gay man rape a girl? When like right. rape isn't about sexuality It's about power. Yeah. Like, and it's about right. something else. Right. And it's weird that the interviewer is from The Advocate. Yeah. Right? They should know they better. They should know better. Yeah. But. Um, like, rapists. Like, remember rape? Like. I think this happened not that long ago in like San Bernardino, like a 90 year old woman was raped. No way. Yeah. It's just, it's about power, you know? Ugh. Okay. So if you're a listener of this podcast, you know that in this house, we believe victims. Hell yeah. So as some, as someone to whom that is very important and standard practice, my first instinct is a huge fuck you to Nancy for trying to make herself the victim talking about feeling violated. That's what I'm saying. Go through whatever shit you have to right. go through because this is your baby. Yeah, exactly. You put her first. I hate her statement so, so much. Yeah. But there's this to consider. And sister Abigail. When the book came out, Abigail put out a statement too. She said, quote, It is my opinion that my sister Anne truly believes at this moment what she has asserted about our father's past behavior. However, at the same time, I would like to point out that Anne in the past has expressed doubts herself about the accuracy of such memories. Based on my experience and her own expressed doubts, I believe that her memories regarding our father are untrue. And I can state emphatically, regardless of Anne's beliefs, that the assertion that our mother knew about such behavior is absolutely false. Well, I don't know. And, uh, I mean, this is kind of, I don't know if it's a spoiler, but Anne has problems. Problems, right. So. Yeah. yeah. But, and also, but also victims do like block things out sure, and yeah. they do forget things. So I don't know. Right. I don't know. This is like, it's like getting involved in this family's, you know, dirty mm-hmm. stuff where. But Anne put that out there. Yeah. Why, I wonder. I mean, I guess you want to tell your story, because right? Because she, she put this out there after the big incident that we're going to talk about later as a sort of way to justify her behavior, behavior and like the root of whatever happened to her. Right. So. So basically, Abigail, who is a pretty good witness slash source, uh-huh. won't go so far as to say that Anne is 100% delusional about this, but notes that Anne herself has at times doubted if her father really abused her. And that's a really good response. Like, hey, I don't think it's right. Right. And these, this is my like my educated reasoning. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's way better than her mom. <laughs> but she does seem to think that without a doubt, if it did occur, Nancy didn't know. So there's okay. that. So it's hard for me to land one way or another on this one. Like I said, I believe victims, but then again, Anne has had very public breaks with reality. 
but also Nancy is an as she's an asshole. Yeah. We'll get we'll get to it. Although Abigail seems okay, so I don't know. It's really it's like <laughs> mistesting me. Yeah. Anyway, in the immediate aftermath of Donald's death, in fact, just three months later, Anne's brother Nathan was killed in a car crash. <gasps> what? Yeah. Oh, my God. The official cause of death was that he fell asleep at the wheel and hit a tree, but Anne believes that Nathan killed himself on purpose. Nancy does not believe it was a suicide, but concedes that, quote, the death of his father from homosexuality. Oh, wow. um, That's a take. That's a real (laughs) fast take right there, girl. Could have stirred up a lot of confusion for him. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. In 1985, when Anne was 16, an agent spotted her in a school play. This led to her getting offered a job on a soap opera. Wow. But Nancy wanted her to finish high school first. Apparently, Nancy was now in a position to reject the check, which I think is odd. Yeah. Because before, her family was counting on Anne's $100 a week. Right. Cut to two years later. It's 1987. And Anne is about to graduate from high school. And she's offered a role on another soap. And this time, Anne doesn't ask permission. She's just like, yeah, send me the plane ticket and I'll do it. Yeah, good. So she just fucking leaves and takes the job on Another World where she played a hero and her evil twin. Hell yeah. (laughs) Until 1991 and took home a daytime Emmy. Damn. Is a daytime Emmy even impressive? Nah, but we stand a parent trap ass acting <laughs> a role. parent trap, I know. That's like the juiciest role you could ask for, right? Yeah. Um, remember What's-His-Face did that shit? Fuck. Who? I hate when I start shit like this <laughs> and I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Revenant. Not Leo. The other guy. Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy. Remember oh, yeah. when he played twins? Yeah. I, oh, um... Yeah, that movie should have been way better than it was. Yeah, that movie was a disappointment. Legend. Legend, yeah. So anyway, she got a daytime Emmy, which uh, not that impressive. Everyone has a daytime Emmy. I got a daytime Emmy. That's what I was going to say. Low-key, we (laughs) might have a daytime Emmy. Or we could definitely get a daytime Emmy like if we put our mind grapes to it. Yeah, that's true though. In the early 90s, (laughs) she did a bunch of guest spots on primetime shows and some TV movies. In 1993, she made her big screen debut in The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn with Elijah Wood. Nice. Remember that movie? No. Uh, We used to watch it in school. Elijah's a baby or what? He's young. He's like 12. Okay. Around this time, so she's like 24-ish, she meets Lindsey Buckingham from Fleetwood Mac on a plane. Ooh. And she had no idea who he was, but he gave her his number. Damn. And when she got home and talked to her friends about it, they were like, oh my God, Lindsey Buckingham? Yeah, do you know what just happened to you? From Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks' ex. You got to call him. So she did, and they ended up dating for about a year. Okay. And he wrote a few songs about her, including the song Come, which obviously no one cares about since Lindsey Buckingham is the least interesting member of Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> What's up with that? Hey, you still, you still in it, though, dude. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's still doing a bunch of small supporting roles on TV and in film, doing her thing, paying her dues, but doing all right. At the very least, she's definitely on the right track and in the right circles. Well, yeah, definitely the right circles because she dates Steve Martin for two years from 1995 to 1997. So anyway, until <laughs> <laughs> until she leaves him for Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, that's an upgrade right there, girl. <laughs> Good for you. And 90s America loses their mind. But more on that in a minute. Steve Martin was really feeling her i think steve martin got played <laughs> right oh, what a guppy high key i think i could date steve martin <laughs> <laughs> you know i love a silver fox oh plus he's funny God. and he's smart i think i love him shut up <laughs> what's that steve martin movie that he wrote what uh with claire danes shop girl yeah yeah 
he I don't like him in that role. I, he's not believable as that character to he's me. He's not sexy enough? No, no yeah, fucking it's way. It's got to be like a hot yeah. older gentleman. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's not hot, but I'm attracted to him. He's funny. You yeah. know who I'm like really attracted to? Who? Young Chevy Chase. Oh, fuck that fool though. Yeah, I know. He's, he's an asshole. Hella racist you got to put him on the list. Fucking misogynist. <laughs> So yeah. oh, I fucking love Vegas Vacation though. That shit is fun. You know, I it has its moments. Like I like, I would watch like a YouTube like synopsis of that movie. You know, <laughs> it's like, just, just something the that I watched all the time growing up. Yeah. So like, I always love. And the other one, what's the other one? Just like fam. What is it? They're all the same. Vegas Vacation, right? And then it's like, what's the other one? Vacation, called? Vacation, or whatever? yeah. So Steve Martin based Heather Graham's character in Bowfinger off of Anne. In, in the movie, the character is thirsty to, to star in a movie, so she flirts with Steve and Eddie Murphy to get a part. Oh, wow. And at the end of the movie, she tells Steve that she is dating, quote, the most powerful lesbian in Hollywood. <laughs> so my man Steve Martin. Way to keep Martin, it low key, Steve. Yeah, clearly butthurt about Anne. Way to keep it cool. On a similar note, I wonder who he based Claire Dane's character in Shop Girl on. Yeah, some Shop Girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's an insight right there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Here's a little crazy side story about this movie she was in called Wild Side, starring our old friend Christopher Walken. Ooh. It went straight to video. <laughs> <laughs> the writer-director, Donald Camel, was clashing with the studio about the movie, and one of the points of contention was Anne Hache's casting because Anne was still fairly unknown, and they wanted someone with bigger name recognition even though it was just a small role. Anyway, so they finish the movie, and the director, Donald Camel, turns in his rough cut, and the studio fucking hates the movie. They completely recut it, and then they fire the editor and recut it again. Oh, fuck. In other words, it's now a complete, a completely different movie from Donald Camel's original vision. After he saw the final cut of the film, Donald Camel killed himself with a shotgun. <gasps> what? Isn't that wild? Yes. It's fucking crazy. Oh, my God, man. That is not where I was expecting. This story is fucking crazy. <laughs> My story is like tea compared to this shit. I'm going to look more into his story because I did a quick, I took a quick look at his Wikipedia and. Yeah, same. I'm doing that right now. There's some interesting shit. So maybe we'll do an episode on him if there's enough info yeah. on the internet. But back to Anne. She was still a character actress and is staying busy and getting pretty good but small roles. But in 1997, things started to sort of take off because in that year alone, she was in Donnie Brasco opposite Johnny Depp. She was also in Volcano opposite Tommy Lee Jones. She was in I Know What You Did Last Summer. And she was in- She was? Yeah. I don't remember that movie. She was the sister of the killer. Oh, okay. Uh, And she was in Wag the Dog with Robert De Niro and Dustin Hoffman. So now she's kind of gaining notoriety. Yeah, now she got Ellen on her side, baby. (laughs) You probably didn't know her name, but if you were a casual moviegoer in the mid to late 90s, you definitely knew her face. Now back to Ellen. In 1997, Ellen was a big cultural, like I want to say icon, but that's not the right word. Yeah. But Ellen was was like a pop, uh, pop culture icon. Yeah. Like she was having a moment. right? Right. She was, she was everywhere. She was the star of her, of her sitcom Ellen. That wasn't a huge hit, but people watched it. Yeah. But when Ellen came out in real life and caused a media firestorm, and trust Ellen will have her own episode, but people were shocked and scandalized that I guess lesbianism was a thing. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway, Ellen, the character came out on her show and the ratings went through the roof because people wanted to see what a lesbian looked like. Yeah. Right, I guess. So yeah. Ellen met Anne that year at the Oscars and a month later, Anne took Ellen as her date to the volcano premiere and people's minds were fucking blown. Yeah. They're like, now you're telling me there are two lesbians in Hollywood? Two blonde lesbians? Ooh. This is amazing. It was a huge scandal. People were very confused because Anne had only dated men in the past, even some famous men like Lindsay Buckingham and Steve Martin. So they couldn't wrap their minds around bisexuality in 1997. Hey, man, Ellen DeGeneres will do that to you. I know. Like, if you're going to date a lesbian, like, come on. If that's going to be the first woman you date, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, it better be. The like, fuck? Reach for the stars, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, so what did Steve Martin say? The famous lesbian in Hollywood. The most powerful <laughs> lesbian in Hollywood. <laughs> so if you guys have a chance, I absolutely recommend you watch the Oprah episode from this year with Anne and Ellen. You talked about that one right. before. Uh, I'm telling you, it's going to trip you out because before I watched it, I'd actually always thought of 1997 as not that long ago. Like that we basically, at least socially, were pretty much the, the same. same as in 1997. But damn, that shit was like, that it was 20 years ago it was over 20 years ago at this point right um and like you said i did talk about this recently but because maybe um about a year before we started the podcast i watched this on youtube one night because i have insomnia and i ended up bringing i ended up binging a lot of episodes of ellen's sitcom and reading a ton of articles to try to research why her coming out was such a big deal also, I wanted to watch the episodes before she came out to try to figure out how we as a society ever bought Ellen DeGeneres as, as a, a straight, straight woman. Yeah. Does she date guys on it? Love. In the first couple episodes, I think she talks about like, oh, I'm going out on a date with this guy. What? Yeah, it's weird. I've never seen her show. It's, it has its moments. It's interesting to watch. Yeah. Because she has a very interesting sense of humor. It's yeah. Like, it's like, right. She's almost like. Almost like Seinfeld, sort of. Yes, like she's kind of dry, grumpy. Yeah, right. Yeah, so anyway, basically what I'm saying is I'm glad that we're doing this podcast because that's happened to me my whole life, and I get obsessed with knowing absolutely everything about a particular topic, and now I actually have a purpose and outlet for all that useless information. So thanks, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> okay, so the Oprah episode. I don't want to be cynical, but for Anne, a C-plus slash B minus list actress to latch on to a person having a moment. Think Barack Obama in 08, first black president, that kind of moment. And hitches her train to that. And now she's on fucking Oprah. And Oprah <laughs> in 1997 is like it's the amazing. show. Amazing. Yeah. Right? Millions of viewers. And this particular episode is obviously going to be huge. This is a huge deal. And Anne takes the opportunity to exploit some of the more salacious parts of her story. She talks about how her dad was gay and dies of AIDS. She talks about her sex life with Ellen. Okay. And she says that she's not, quote unquote, coming out because she'd never been attracted to a woman before. But when she saw Ellen from across the room, she felt that she just had to be with her. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, remember how Steve Martin interpreted this? Yeah. Yeah, she's just thirsty for fame. Yeah, I want to get that movie ticket. <laughs> The day before she made her red carpet debut with Ellen at the Volcano premiere, Anne got cast in her biggest role to date, opposite Harrison Ford in Six Days, Seven Nights. Oh, I remember that movie. So now there's a media firestorm around her, and now she, a bisexual and or lesbian in 1997, apparently no one knew the difference, right. is going to be the romantic interest for Harrison Ford. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of buzz around this movie, and it was kind of a big deal. 
Yeah, they want to see if they have chemistry and shit. Right. When the movie came out in 1998, it just did okay. Mm-hmm. And the storyline in the media was that society wasn't ready to see an openly queer woman in that kind of a role. Nah, man, that movie's whack. Right? <laughs> so, it's not going to be that deep. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes you just got to look at it as I it is. Feel, I feel bad for her in that because like she, she took the blame for it sort of, you know, like or they yeah. put the blame on her. And then, but like, that's kind of good for her brand too. Like, oh, they don't want to see me in this role. That's true. You know but I mean? it, like, maybe if that was today, yeah. Oh, that's true. Though. But back then, it was like, yeah, yeah you don't belong here. Bye. She just took an L. Yeah. Right. So that same year, she was also in Gus Van Sant's shot for shot remake of Psycho, which is <laughs> obviously the, worst. the dumbest idea of all time. <laughs> and of course, it flopped. So now she had this flop on her hands. And a career that seemed like it was slowly but surely getting better and better now seems like it's about to take a nosedive. P.S. The Psycho remake was her second film with Vince Vaughn from this era, which I think was interesting because she was in two movies with him during the exact three and a half weeks in which he was super hot. Oh, good for you, girl. (laughs) Meanwhile, Ellen, the sitcom, after seeing a spike in ratings, started to suffer from a backlash since it actually started to deal with LGBTQ issues. Oh, People just weren't ready for it, and it was ultimately canceled. That sucks. And did do a guest spot on it, which I think is kind of cute. Yeah. Also, the whole damn time since 1983, actually, Nancy, Anne's mom, has oh, that been... that bitch. This bitch. They, here, here it comes. She's been working as a Christian gay conversion therapist. Oh, my God. So she's a piece of hot garbage, in case Holy you haven't realized. shit. That is... You know what I was thinking earlier when you said that she made a statement saying that their dad died of homosexuality? Yeah. Like how interesting to now sit on your high horse after this person has passed, Mm -hmm. after being by their side, seemingly knowing that they were, you know, homosexual. Yeah. But at that time, it was convenient for you or what? Like now you want to sit on your fucking high horse? You're a fucking coward. Yeah. If you didn't want to be with him because of that or like if you were really disgusted by that then why were you with him all that time just for convenience you're fucking lazy bitch yeah she's a monster like a real life monster Monster. yeah that's true though yesterday (laughs) uh, i was hanging i was hanging out my grandma's and alicia was there and i was like alicia come here i'm gonna tell you a secret and she was like what i was like you look like a princess and she was she grabbed my head and she was like you look like a monster Ooh, shade. And then Hoel was there and she was like, you look like a monster too. And Hoel was like, we're going to have a monster baby. And then she got all interested. Oh, no. No, She was like, what kind of monster baby? Oh, my God. (laughs) She wanted to like know everything about it. It was so cute. I aspire to one day be as shady as a child. Oh, yeah. As a toddler. They hella shady. Yeah. Yeah. Shady. Uh, Okay. So (laughs) Anne said, quote, my mother's had a very tragic life. Three of her five children are dead. I guess what? The, really? Two of the other siblings died at some point. Wow. Uh, that she is attempting to change gay people into straight people is, in my opinion, a way to keep the pain of the truth out. How about, what year is this? 90? This is 97. How about that? Like, that that still exists in 1997. It still exists now. She's Nancy's still doing this. Are you serious? Yeah. Fucking disgusting. Yeah. Y'all, like... I know violence is not the answer, but there are so many situations where I'm like, honestly, if you were gone, the world would be a better place. Yes, true. I think about that all the time and then I feel guilty. Me too. I feel bad. Yeah. But like, remember when that guy punched that Nazi? Yes. And I remember our friend Tiffany was like, violence is never like actually helps anything. Yeah. yeah. But still. (laughs) And also, this is. Oh, 
I don't want to get super into it, but Mike Pence wanted gay conversion therapy to be a thing in Indiana when he was governor. And that's why I just, we, everybody vote, you guys. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Ooh. All right, anyway. Uh, so Anne and Nancy have been estranged since Anne confronted her about her father's abuse or alleged abuse. Oh, okay. So since at least 2001, maybe a little bit earlier. Honestly, fuck, that's probably good for Anne. Right. Stay the fuck away from that right. girl. Especially because, like, you were in a relationship with this woman, which I'm sure, obviously, Nancy probably, like, lost her fucking mind. Anyway. Yeah. Anne continues to get role after role where she and the movie get mixed to positive reviews. Okay. But the movies either go straight to video or they flop. Anne was very vocal about this and the fact that she doesn't get more and or better roles and the fact that that was due to the fallout from her public relationship with a woman. But is she a good actress? You know, she is good in these, like, character roles okay she could have if she didn't get into all this shit she could have been like a good character actress you know who i like judy greer do you know who that is yeah yeah she could have been like a judy greer type okay i love judy greer by the way um okay so then in august of 2000 Anne and ellen shock everyone when they make a public statement saying that they split up after three and a half years together okay that's not that long of a relationship that's true. Yeah. But like, um, if you're a public figure. Yeah. Right. Everyone was shook because they had been very public about wanting to get married as soon as it was legal. Uh. Then on August 19th, something weird happened. <laughs> now, the incident itself, if you think about it in a bubble, is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but when you think about all that Anne has been through or thinks she's been through right in other words when you contextualize it as part of her mental illness is absolutely not funny and she had just broken up with ellen yeah like days before so or at least they just made it public so she's going through something mm-hmm. so this is where i as a human can laugh at some of the things i'm about to say but i obviously still feel sympathy for her so here we go right Anne was driving from la to fresno when she ran out of gas why the fuck are you going to Fresno, first of all? Yeah, and nobody got time to go to Fresno. Oh, actually, you know who lives in Fresno, I think? Jess. Oh, shit. Okay, what's up, Jess? <laughs> uh, okay, she was wearing only her bra and shorts and sneakers. Oh, shit. She walked, I didn't know that. She walked one and a half miles through the desert until she reached a house. She knocked on the door, and a woman named Araceli Campis answered. Ooh, yup. She got that spicy Latin mm-hmm. name, too. That's- Araceli, girl. I don't know you, but I'm guessing you're Paisa based on your name. And yeah. all I can say is I love that it was one of us. Me, too. <laughs> this happened, too. Me, too. Because you know Araceli was calling her primas and yeah, tias. Like, and was you talking cannot shit. believe the craziest bitch that yeah. just got it to my door yes, right now. Yes, exactly. White people are fucking <laughs> The whites, they're at it again. I know. <laughs> So Araceli had seen Six Days, Seven Nights. So she recognized Anne immediately. Oh, nice. Side note, I too saw Six Days, Seven Nights in circa 1999 because David Schwimmer could get it. Bang, bang, Ross gang. Yeah, I saw that movie too. In the theaters too. And Avi, Harrison Ford can get it, touch it, bring it, pay it, watch it, turn it, (laughs) leave it, stop, format it. Just saying. So Araceli says that Anne started gulping glass after glass of water, then took off her shoes and said she wanted to take a shower. What? So Araceli got her a towel, and Anne took a shower. Was that shit warm, though? <laughs> <laughs> True. Then, when she got out of the shower, she got comfy in the living room and asked for some slippers. 
Araceli said, quote, she wanted to watch a movie, but the VCR was broken. <laughs> the VCR, that's how long ago yep. this was. When Anne didn't show any signs of leaving, Araceli said, quote, I didn't know what to do, so I called the sheriff's department. Yep. When the cops got there, Anne said that she was God <gasps> and was going to take everyone back to heaven on a spaceship. Oh, no. This is some Heaven's Gate ass mm-hmm. shit. So the cops were like, oh, well, I think we need an ambulance. So the ambulance came and it took Anne 50 miles away to the nearest hospital where, where she was admitted to the psych unit and released a few hours later. Oh, man. You know what? I kind of feel for Ellen in that situation. I know, because you know you Ellen had to answer up. for this shit, too. You know? Yeah. Everybody's probably asking her for comment and shit. Yeah. She's like, this is why I broke up with her. <laughs> Fucking crazy. So all in all, it was a happy ending. She did some crazy shit, but she was safe. Yeah. And she didn't hurt anyone, so it's all good. Yeah, she just wanted to watch a movie and drink a bunch of water. Right. Took a shower. All right. Of course. That is a very nice <laughs> right. encounter right. with a crazy person. Right. Imagine. Exactly. <laughs> of course, the media fucking love this story. Considering how horrible the media can be about mental illness. Yeah. I don't remember them being particularly vicious about this. Yeah. For the most part, they reported it kind of like we're talking about it. Like this crazy incident happened. Yeah, it's funny, but we're glad she's okay. Yeah, that's Although, cool. I bet that Jay Leno said something fucking stupid. Oh, like, yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm sure every once in a while there was like somebody who did something stupid. For sure. So now Anne has this sort of reputation for being insane, which, as you can imagine, fucking sucks and affected her ability to get work. Yeah. In 2001, she released her memoir, Called Me Crazy, and did a media blitz to promote it. In the book and in an interview, she gave everyone the context behind what happened in Fresno. She told Barbara Walters that she was, quote, insane for the first 31 years of her life, triggered by the sexual abuse from her father. Wow. So she created a fantasy world called the Fourth Dimension. Oh, this is Heaven's <laughs> Gate. <laughs> and she lived in it as her alter ego, Celestia. Wow. There it is, Celest- Celestia who was the daughter of God and the half-sister of Jesus and could contact aliens. Super heaven's gate, you know, that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Wow. This was But so like, she created this world and she would like fantasize about it? Yeah. Okay. She was she would like detach from like reality. Escape, yeah. And, yeah, that's what she would do. Um This is all unfortunate because I think Celestia is a cool name. <laughs> Don't name your kids that. <laughs> anyway, Anne says that following the mental break she had while she was in Fresno, by the way, she admitted that she'd been high on ecstasy at the time. Oh, fuck. After Fresno, she claims that she was able to put all of that behind her. She told Barbara that she was told to go to a place where she would meet a spaceship, but in order to get on the spaceship, she, she had, had to, go to, to her, go to her homegirl, Araceli's kid, real quick. <laughs> she had to take a hit of ecstasy. Oh, okay. <laughs> fuck. She also very graphically described her memory of how her father sexually abused her. Oh, my God. In the book or? To Barbara Walters. Oh, wow. Yeah. I won't repeat it here, but but you can find it in People Magazine if you're interested. Meanwhile, that same year, she ends up marrying this cameraman named Coley Lafoon. Ooh, that is not real. That's That's a fake ass name. Yeah. That motherfucker is definitely married to Celestia (laughs) on the fourth the fourth quarter or whatever the fuck you were. <laughs> the fourth dimension. Anyway, people were shook. They were like, what? You can have sex with men and women? Oh, my God. Celestia, now that's crazy. Imagine how boring <laughs> these, like, straight people are that they're like, oh, yeah, if yeah. it's not PMB, how y'all have sex? <laughs> like, what the fuck? This doesn't go together. Yeah, like, no <laughs> way. She and Coley had a son named Homer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Celestia, Homer, Coley, saddest little helper. <laughs> oh my god, Arasenia! <laughs> Imagine they named their daughter Arasenia. <laughs> fucking sick. Oh my god. But as far as her career, she was still a marked woman. So she sort of went back to taking the small parts that she did in the mid-90s. She did a bunch of shit. She even appeared on Broadway and was nominated for a Tony. Oh, wow. She kept grinding, and eventually she got a starring role on the ABC sitcom Men in Trees, where she began having an affair with her co-star James Tupper. Ooh. And in 2007, left her husband Coley for James. Wow. Which is a major hot topic in the media at the time. Coley wanted sole custody of Homer because Anne exhibited, quote, bizarre and delusional behavior, which she refuses to seek professional help. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah. That is scary. So obviously, because remember she said she told Barbara that she just put it behind her. Like after that, she was like, well, you know, she she obviously didn't get help. So, yeah, she just. (sighs) Yeah. So I kind of like I kind of worry about her, but she seems like she's sort of keeping it together, at least in public. Yeah, that's that's what's scary is that she probably can keep it together. Mm -hmm. That's why she ignores it and doesn't get help. Right. Uh, Coley was ultimately granted custody of homer all it takes is her car to break down (laughs) (laughs) one hit of ecstasy (laughs) when she appeared on the view while she was in the middle of her divorce this bitch barbara walters mused that she knew her marriage wouldn't last what when Anne asked her why barbara responded quote i don't think you think with your head oh shit barbara walters barbara walters (laughs) is the realest bitch of all time (laughs) In 2009, Anne and James had a son named Atlas. Damn, how old is this bitch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, right? She was. She I was guess that was in, ten years ago. She was born in '69. She's. I think she's 49. Okay, now. so that was. She was 40. That's not that bad. Yeah. Okay, uh, her career kept trickling along, and she got some good roles in some decent projects, but she ultimately never reached the heights that it seemed like she was headed towards earlier in her career. Okay. In September of 2018, Anne and James broke up. So she's single, guys and gals, and ready to mingle. <laughs> and that's the story of Anne Celestia H. Damn, that's crazy, man. It's crazy. That's real crazy. Yeah, like I'm, like uh, you guys have have totally have sympathy for her because clearly she has a little problem. Yeah, so. and a rough childhood. Yeah. Um, how do you think Ellen feels about having dated her? She's probably I like, know. oh my god. I want to know what she what she says to Portia about it, or like when she and Portia first started dating. You know, Portia was like, "So tell me about Anne." Hell yeah, <laughs> you got to. Ooh. And that's how, this is how uh, much of a G Ellen is. She got the baddest bitch in the game oh, wearing yeah. the chain. Portia, Portia de Rossi? Yeah. yeah. Wow. She's Good so bomb you. as fuck. Remember when Portia cut all her hair off and looked better? Yes. What the <laughs> fuck? What kind of evil shit is that? What kind of sorcery? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. That's a good one, me. Yeah. The young men and women ready for marriage today were born in a depression. Where can they find the courage and hope? to take the responsibility of making what should be the most secure of all worlds a home in the atmosphere of competition and chaos that seems to be the world around us. Well, you guys could stop listening because mine is like <laughs> way more low-key. Yeah, but I'm interested in this one because... So I got the story of Courtney Stadden. Okay, tell me, tell Stadden. me, tell me. I got this from her Wikipedia in an article and interview that just recently came out a few weeks ago on mm-hmm. BuzzFeed entitled, Courtney Stadden Knows Exactly What Happened by Scotchy Cool okay. and various other trashy gossip 
magazines like okay, cool. us weekly <laughs> i thought you were gonna say like us no uh, also <laughs> courtney alexis stodden was born on august 29th 1994 she's younger than us she's only 24 years old holy shit this is the youngest person we've talked about probably yeah okay in tacoma washington she has two older sisters, Ashley and Brittany, mm-hmm. and she said her childhood was really fun and that she was super spoiled. Ashley, Brittany, and Courtney. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and Araceli. <laughs> Courtney developed mature looks from a very young age. Oh, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. At 12 years old, Courtney had landed a small modeling contract in Washington, and she did the pageant circuit. Oh, she's a pageant girl? Yeah. Wouldn't have guessed it. <laughs> But she's only 5'3", so runway modeling was pretty much... It's out. Yeah, Yeah. it's out of reach. She got a gig hosting a cable TV show called The Courtney Stodden Show, which aired five total episodes. What? I have no idea what that show was actually about. Television personality. Right? Personality Courtney Stodden. Okay. Then she released a few pop songs that kind of made it around the internet in 2010. Okay. She said that the other kids in school would bully her. So... She says she developed mature looks, but also she dressed older than she was. And, mm-hmm. like, her parents were okay with that. And she put on makeup, like, way more than yeah. her, like, her, what her age was. Mm-hmm. So she she always says, like, oh, like, I, I started using, like, frosted lipstick. And, like, the kids would bully me. Oh. But they're, like, 13 and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, not... I- we're not saying that like she brought it on no, herself. No, she didn't. But like, um, she's she, definitely standing out. Yeah, she's and if you're yeah. gonna stand out, that's awesome. But right, you gotta be tough. Yeah, because motherfuckers yeah, true. will come for you. Right. I always think about this because you always Christina Aguilera always talks about how she was fucking bullied. Yeah, and she talks about like, oh, then we changed schools and I got bullied again, and then we changed schools and I got bullied again. I was like, bitch, maybe it's you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So she ended up becoming super insecure about the negativity that her body attracted. Mm. She said that even teachers would give her dirty looks. That's not okay. No, I hate this. Yeah. And scoff at her. Courtney's parents also had a troubled relationship and her dad was basically in and out of her life. That sucks. Courtney was teased so much by older kids that at one point she was involved in a fight and her arm got fractured by some other girls. Oh, a real ass fight. Yeah. Then, at 15 years old, a police officer from her town pursued her and told her mom that he wanted to marry her. Oh, So she's no. getting a lot of sexual attention yeah. way too young. You know, at that point, your mom needs to step in and be like, okay, we're going to need to adjust the weight. Not that she should have to. No, but, but like, to protect to, her. To protect her, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, we're in a small town. Right, like, you right. Know, like, things gonna be like it's shitty that she would have to do that but like you have to for your own child's safety that shit's scary yeah a police officer too that's scary yeah so after all of that negative attention her mom ended up pulling her out of school at age 16 to be homeschooled Mm -hmm. courtney said the only good attention she ever got was from the opposite sex and so she found comfort in that but also the over sexualized attention she gets makes her feel worthless like that's all she has to offer and yeah. we see that time and time again. Oh, she, I'm, I'm like, I, I want her to go to therapy. Yeah. Like, you know, like hug her yeah. and protect her. Oh, my God. Around this time, her mom began managing her pop music career. Oh, my God. All right. Part of the problem. Yep. I get it. And Courtney had also developed an interest in acting. Mm-hmm. So her mom reaches out to fellow actor, 50-year-old Doug Hutchinson, best known for his role as a prick officer in The Green Mile. <laughs> Doug okay. was doing acting wor- workshops uh, 
and he was like promoting that on the internet. Mm-hmm. So Courtney and her mom were going to work out some classes for Courtney, even though he was all the way in LA and they were back in Washington. Okay. Courtney and Doug then start exchanging emails where Mm-mm. he said she began becoming flirtatious with him. Mm-mm. And Doug didn't know her age. Okay. He thought that she was in her 20s due to her mature appearance. And she does look yeah. like she's in her 20s. She mm-hmm. doesn't look 16. Okay. Even still now, like she does, she looks way older than 24. Yeah. She looks like in, in her late 30s. And that's all an unfortunate thing. Then Courtney dropped the bomb to Doug that she was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And he said his world turned upside down as he had already began falling for her at that point. How upside down did it turn, motherfucker, though? Because, like, <laughs> then you're like, okay, if you're a normal person, then you're like, oh, my well, God. This is completely wrong. It, yeah, it's over. You're way too immature for me. Like, right. even though you think you're mature, yeah. like, you can't, like, understand any of this shit. And, like, whatever you have, you block her on yeah, everything, you know. 50 years right. old. Yeah. I have lived your lifetimes three. Like, <laughs> yeah. no fucking way. Oof. So, Doug and Courtney embark on a four-month courtship by email and phone and bonded on what they describe as a deep and spiritual level. Okay. All the while, Courtney's mom, Krista, was monitoring all of the exchanges, which is super creepy. Yeah. Krista said they were really hitting it off, and Courtney was more like 35 rather than 16. Because nope. you let her, bitch. Yeah. Nope. nope. You gotta, like, don't you have to, like, protect your children's childhood? Yes. You only get one. Like That's part of your job as yeah. a parent. And you gotta let them, like, really experience childhood yeah like stop them from growing up too fast right right courtney said all of this was going down during a rough patch in her own parents relationship and that she suspects that her mom had a thing for doug herself yeah that's what i was gonna say her mom is living vicariously through her her mom has disputed that and her mom says that she and doug just had more in common because they you know they were in close age but so yeah i don't i Mm -hmm. don't know Courtney said that she saw Doug as a way out of her miserable life. Yeah. The bullying, the small town, her parents, everything. Yeah. Plus, she had always been pursued by older men, so it wasn't strange territory for her. It was totally normalized her. And also, you know that your mom's monitoring this, so you're like, my mom thinks it's okay. So it must be okay. Yeah. Yeah, totally. She also says that there were actually other guys that had been pursuing her at the same time and they were richer than him, better looking than him, but she really fell in love with him. He was everything to her. Damn, girl. Yeah. No, I and I still think that she really loves him. Yeah. Finally, Doug called Krista and told her that he and Courtney were falling in love and he wants to respect them as parents, so he wanted to let them speak out about any hesitations they might have. This is like this little tidbit in every interview and in everything, they always bring it up. Like that he, that he asked permission? Yes, always. And I don't know if that's just like a safety thing or like yeah. why, but they always bring that shit up. Mm-hmm. But Krista said that she felt that her daughter, she felt her daughter's love for Doug inside her soul. So she gave her blessing for 16-year-old Courtney to embark on her relationship with now 51-year-old Doug. <sighs> Doug said it was even Krista who suggested that they go ahead and get married because that way they wouldn't break any statutory rape laws. Oh, no, you're not, you're not doing your job as no. a parent. That's fucking crazy, right? Oh, no. 39 states in the U.S. allow 16-year-olds to marry as long as they have parental consent. 
So Doug flew to Washington to meet Courtney for the first time ever, and he got down on one knee to propose. They flew to Vegas together and married at a tacky little chapel off the strip on May 20th, 2011. Hey, we share, we share our anniversary. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is why I'm like, fuck me. <laughs> oh my God. That's crazy. Courtney was walked down the aisle by her dad, Alex, while she wore a bodycon white mini dress and lucite platform heels. Her dad at the time was four years younger than Doug. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, her dad at the time was four years younger than Doug? So what is he like? Now he's three years younger than (laughs) Doug. Fuck you. (laughs) Courtney said she was a virgin when she got married. And she thinks that keeping her virginity would mean she was going to be blessed later on in life. And she does believe that God blessed her with her soulmate. This is all shit that she says, okay? Yeah. This is not shit that I would ever say. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know that you marry your soulmate in lucite shoes. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> uh, after their wedding, Courtney moved in with Doug at his Hollywood home. The internet then went berserk mm-hmm. when the news of these nuptials hit the mainstream and they became kind of like this weird freak show. Yeah. They put it out there themselves though, right? They did, yeah. This is when most of us who loved the drama uh-huh. found out about little Courtney. Yeah. She was 16. He was 51. She had a very mature look. Yeah. And Doug looked like a sloppy ass dad. <laughs> I, like, I like how Stephanie laughed at that I called Prince Charles a foot. A foot? Yeah. <laughs> like a foot. They were followed by the paparazzi around L.A. who all wanted a glimpse of the blonde bombshell towering over her middle-aged husband. Mm -hmm. They became instant tabloid figures and Courtney fed into the whole thing. Yeah. She lived for the attention. And she's the perfect age to kind of perpetuate that because she's she's young. So she gets social media. She's Uh like, you know, she's working all of the angles. Yeah, that's true. I never thought about that. Right after her marriage, she stopped by Radar Online for an interview and said that on her wedding night, she was aroused for 24 hours straight. She also makes these comments like, I know she wants to go viral and shit, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, she says shit, just photogram. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Then they landed the big interview on ABC News, which instantly went viral for her jokes about Doug, her facial expressions, her poutiness. Remember, she kept doing this (laughs) with (laughs) this. Like, it's so weird. He's talking and she's yeah. looking at him and she just... <laughs> she just starts, like, pouting her lips. She's very conscious of the way that she looks at all times. Yes. You know? Yeah. You, you could tell she's insecure. Yeah. People called Courtney a whore, Doug oh. a pervert, and Courtney's parents pimps. Hold on. On what planet, though, do you call this child a whore? Because you you're know? fucking... People are fucking ruthless. They yeah. just like to point the finger and not really think about, like... You know, like, what's going on here? Like, let's really take a second to look at what the fuck is going Mm -hmm. on here. Everything else, yes. Doug, very (laughs) well, maybe a pervert. Courtney's parents, very well, maybe pimps. But they're the adults. Like, yeah, Yeah. like you're saying. Courtney was especially dragged above the other people. She's an easy target, too. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. They called her a bimbo idiot, fame-hungry gold digger who's only good for her body. And she's just out to, like, kind of. You know, she's try- she's try- kind of like how Anne Hayes, like kind of like they thought, oh, this is somebody who's just trying to use this fool. Yeah. Yeah. And all of that just feeds into the insecurity that she always felt as a young lady 
where you know people mm-hmm. are telling her like basically the only good attention you get is for your body yeah oh this is bad Courtney said she kept waiting and waiting for all this negativity surrounding her marriage to stop, but it never did. Yeah. Things got progressively worse as Courtney's parents began to receive death threats. Oof. Courtney's mom always had defended her choice to let them marry by stating that in reality, she could never stop Courtney from doing what she wanted. Then Doug's talent agency dropped him as a client and his family all became estranged. Okay. Doug said his mom began getting hounded by the press and she basically blamed him for making his family look ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Courtney's dad then became unwilling to have any sort of a relationship with her due to the marriage and the drama and her parents legally divorced one year after Courtney and Doug got married. It broke up like hella families. Yeah, it hella like caused all this conflict within their families. Hold up. I want to say, why is... Doug's mother. Why is she <laughs> She's like a better years mom yeah. to her 50-year-old son yeah. than, what's her name, Kathy? Krista. Krista is to her 16-year-old child. Right? Wow. <sighs> Doug said that throughout all of this drama going on in the media and going on within their families, they were each other's shoulder to cry on. And ironically, all of the bad press and drama brought them closer yeah. together as yeah, a couple. of course. Because who the hell else is going to be able to talk to you about this shit? Mm -hmm, Like, they're mm -hmm. the only ones that know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. In 2012, Courtney and Doug appeared as a main couple on the second season of Couples Therapy. I watched this season. Okay. Courtney had changed noticeably at this time. Like, she had, they had kind of quieted down Uh in the tabloids and stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. people were kind of over it. And then they came on this show, which is usually how, you know, they keep their money coming. Or she gets pregnant right right (laughs) true yeah and now they got a whole nother line of stories but yeah so they came out and now by now she's um strutting around with triple d breast enhancements lip filler and probably facial filler but i can't really tell Mm -hmm. at that point yeah and also like she's growing yeah yeah true that's true (laughs) she's a little ass kid (laughs) she's a kid so her face is changing and shit yeah who's doing all this surgery on a child some shady ass doctor Courtney and Doug requested therapy in order to resolve the issues that arose due to their age difference in their marriage. Is this Dr. Drew or no? It's do- it's some lady, Dr. Berman. Okay. Despite the issues in the relationship, Dr. Berman, the marriage, family, mm-hmm. and child therapist on the show, stressed that she never believed Doug was seeking out a young girl, saying, quote, he's not a predator. He's not trolling around for underage girls. He's not seeking out therapists. I mean, I'm sorry. He's not se- <laughs> also that, yeah. but he's not seeking out teenagers. Yeah. The therapist said obviously she believed it was wrong to let 16-year-old Courtney marry 51-year-old Doug, but that they were genuinely married and needed help because a lot of the other couples had a problem with them being on the show. Like they were like, oh, this isn't yeah. a real couple. Like yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. this is, is mm-hmm. not like what we really have, yeah. like marriage troubles. Because there's other, like I think um, uh, Q-Tip was on <laughs> and he had been married for like 20 years or something. Yeah, yeah. Like They were like, we got like real marriage problems. Right. Like their problems are from their fucking freak show or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, no, no, that's not it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. she was like, they're actually a real married couple. Right. And Courtney on the show, Courtney dresses crazy provocatively and like to each his own or mm-hmm. her own. Um, But she really does. Like she wears like, I don't know, like underwear basically. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. she walks around in like these like very tall heels which that's impressive to me (laughs) (laughs) and like the other women were super uncomfortable with that with like their husbands and stuff and they were uncomfortable because she was still like i think like barely 18 now yeah yeah. and they were like 
So like the other women would try to talk to her about that and then they would always fucking fight because right. Courtney would be like, let me do what I'm going to do. You know? But were the other women coming at it from like a sort of protective maternal type thing? Some yes and some no. Because uh. you know who else was on there? A Real Housewives of uh, of New York cast member. I don't remember her name, but her husband is a photographer mm-hmm. and she would like, like at one point she threw dollar bills at her and that was like a big ass thing. Okay, that's trash. Yeah, it's super trash. Okay. The... Marriage and family therapist Dr. Berman said she at first totally started off thinking that Courtney was a victim mm-hmm. in this relationship, but that in reality, after getting to know them, she found that Courtney had a lot more power than Doug did in their relationship. Wow. Doug's family completely disowned him and he almost had nothing left but Courtney mm-hmm. while Courtney was kind of like coming into like this yeah. thing that she had never had. Yeah, sure. And she still had her mom by her side. Right. Doug also constantly defended Krista, Courtney's mom, which created issues between them because Courtney always thought that Krista liked Doug. Mm-hmm. So it was like all kind of yeah, yeah. super oh, fucking it's, messy. It's messy. Courtney was then cast as a housemate on the 12th season of Celebrity Big Brother and was evicted two days before the season finale. Oh, damn. So she almost won. Yeah. At the height of her fame, Courtney was earning six figures for reality TV appearances yeah. and five figures for interviews. Okay. Courtney said she felt super responsible to keep up the appearances since whatever was left of Doug's career pretty much ended after they got married. Yeah. Courtney said she always tried to reach out to her dad, but things were never able to repair between them. And she always felt emptiness there. Mm -hmm. She said that he wants her to be basically a completely different person than she is. And she's like, why can't you just love me for who I am? Yeah. I get that. I, I, I get where she's coming from, but, like, I feel like, ooh, my dad, like, if I did that. Oh, like, come on. He, okay. for, Doug would be dead. Yeah. For, <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. my dad. <laughs> Courtney says, obviously, I needed a father figure in my life. Mm. And she says that herself. Like, she's like, I recognize that. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm into this older guy. And, right. you know, even though it seems easy to connect the dot between her father issues and her relationship Mm -hmm. with an older dude it honestly seems to be the ticket Mm, okay and even she says that in the buzzfeed uh interview Mm -hmm. in 2015 courtney's mom quit serving as her manager and doug stepped in to take the role because he basically has no other fucking purpose yeah courtney released a solo sex tape through vivid entertainment entitled courtney uncovered which is pretty sad i think who wants to see that also i I know like and it's sad to me because Anna Nicole Smith did that when mm-hmm. she was yeah. not doing well. And China did that when she was yeah, not doing true. well. So, like, I kind of see this pattern. Right. Courtney melts some ice cream on her body and was allegedly paid a million dollars for the tape. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, He's like, look like, it up, Millhouse. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, I mean, not bad for a day's work. No, it's not bad. But, like, they seek that out, I think, in a rough time. Yeah. Okay. Courtney was 21 years. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Courtney said she was going to donate the proceeds of the tape to kids with cancer. All right. But the T <laughs> is that she was actually only paid $10,000 for the video with oh. some extras depending on sales. Oh, okay. And that video was disguised as like a real homemade video that she had made. Oh, sure. So that's another thing that's yeah. kind of icky. In 2016, Courtney and her mom appeared on the mother daughter experiment on Lifetime. Courtney was 21 years old by now. On the show, she accused her mom of trying to steal Doug, which her mom vehemently denied. 
also i kind of maybe don't believe it now like maybe now they're just creating storylines for themselves yeah totally doug made an appearance and he yelled at krista telling her they never had an affair they will never have an affair and he would never find her attractive (laughs) don't you know i only love children (laughs) (laughs) courtney and her mom's relationship was super strained as a result of the path Courtney was led down, seemingly with her mom guiding her all along. Mm-hmm. Courtney said that when she was 16 and she was first starting to talk to Doug, that her mom encouraged her and would push her to marry Doug, saying, oh my God, this is your moment. Gross. Weird. Gross. And when the media frenzy ensued that she was like fucking loving it. Yeah. Like she was like, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. Like her mom loved Hollywood. Her I mom that. wanted all of that you know mm-hmm. attention and shit it's like a uh, lindsey lowen's mom mm-hmm. on march 11th 2018 courtney legally filed for divorce from doug oh she indicated that this hit her very hard and e- she even contemplated suicide <laughs> for a little bit after she did that mm-hmm. she said it took her almost two years to figure out how to properly file the paperwork so they had been separated for some mm-hmm. time but they were definitely married for longer than people expected them to yeah be. for sure And Courtney says that she still loves Doug and that he's a part of her that's ingrained into her identity. But they did separate a few times during their marriage. Mm -hmm. She talks to him still every day. Like during the interview, the Mm -hmm. interviewer says like she gets text messages from him and like Mm -hmm. she takes a call from him and shit. Like she she loves that fool. Yeah. And I'm sure he's obsessed with her. Of course. Yeah. Because what the fuck else is left for him? Mm -hmm. Death. Meet me at the crossroads. (laughs) (laughs) Courtney's currently working on a pop album called Courtney RX, like pharmacy. Okay. Courtney says now that she's an adult, she knows she's not just a body. She's a good person. She's a huge supporter of the Me Too movement, and she has shared her own sexual assault stories. She has a new boyfriend, 39-year-old Chris Shang, who is going through his own divorce. Mm. And in the article, this dude said that when he first met Courtney, he was trying to impress her and he made it off. He made it seem like he was super rich when he mm. wasn't. So he ended up going through like 80% of his life savings, Holy shit. taking her out and like going on trips and shit. Like oh he said, he God. ran through something like $400,000 in like six months. Damn. And Courtney's like, I never asked you to do that and shit. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I just think like she doesn't realize the effect she has on men and stuff, you know? Damn, he's uh, 39 years old with $500,000 in the bank. Right, right. Okay, and you're... And well, you're not saving? anymore, though. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I, I stand a fiscally responsible older millennial. Right? <laughs> Courtney and Chris fight about her relationship with Doug all the time. She mm, still wonders yeah. if she's meant to end up with him. So does Chris. She's still out there searching for some kind of approval. And there's more to her story, but not for now. So All that's right. the story of Courtney Stoddard. I think I ended that real weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for now. That's, uh, to be continued. To be continued. Damn. See, that was a lot more. Their their relationship was a lot more interesting than I imagined. I kind of just pictured him as a predator. Yeah. But it seems to be a little. The, the waters are a little muddier than that. Right. They actually do have like a interesting power dynamic yeah because you he makes it seem like me or like we would all think right. definitely him right but mm-hmm. no i think she kind of stands her own i felt bad for her because in the that article she talks about like oh like you know guys think that they're 
when guys seek me out they mm-hmm. think they're like with this sex kitten girl yeah. but i'm actually like a homebody mm-hmm. i don't really like drink that much and like i don't like having that much sex like i don't know why like yeah. you know she's and she she seems like honestly a little bit depressed yeah and, like she needs help for sure she definitely does there's a lot of unresolved issues that yeah. she's kind of like putting a band-aid over it sounds like right and just like actually thinking about what happened to her when she yeah. was like 16 and stuff mm-hmm. and i'm telling you dude she looks like like she's 24 she looks way older than us right now oh man yeah do your nighttime routines <laughs> yeah true <laughs> all right courtney we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on your story yeah all right, guys. Well, that was this week's Drama Club. Thank you for tuning in. Hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Drama Club Pod. Hit us up on the website, dramaclubpod.com. On the hotline, 505-539-0556. And um, uh, P.O. Box. Oh, yeah. At our P.O. Box. P.O. Box number 27433, Los Angeles, California, 90027. See you never. Bye. <laughs> Bye. However, whatever with your helmet.